You're listening to Therapy for Your Money, a podcast about all things money and finance for therapy practice owners. If you want to feel confident and in control of your financial life, then you've come to the right spot. I'm your host, Julie Harris. I'm an accountant and the owner of Green Oak Accounting. My firm specializes in working with private practices across the U.S., and my team and I have worked with hundreds of private practice owners. I'm on a mission to share all the best practices I've learned along the way because I want you to have a profitable private practice. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Therapy for Your Money. Today, I've got the pleasure of chatting with Jessica Tapania. I always hope I say that right, uh, Jessica, um, who is both an LCSW and the owner of Simplified SEO. So Jessica, welcome. Yay, thank you. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, so you have, uh, tell us a little bit about you and your practice and your SEO company. So I have a private pay psychotherapy practice in Columbia, Missouri. We just added our ninth clinician and I've made a job offer to a potential 10th. We're totally private pay and focus on um, trauma and anxiety. And so I grew that through mostly through SEO. Um, The reason that we are expanding is because Uh, I said I would never get bigger and now we're turning away 150 plus people a month because we just don't have room. So I felt like we had to at least add one or two more therapists. Um, And then Simplified SEO Consulting, I have a team of people who all have some sort of mental health background, um, but we learn the, and some of them are way more technique techie than I am, um, better with technology and know all the in-depth stuff. Um, but we focus on helping therapists get the websites that they love. We don't help create websites. We want you to already love your website. And then we help you get it found by more people on Google. Um, and we want to do it in a really ethical way, a way that really considers the field of mental health. We're really, really, um, aware of this field, obviously, uh, me still being a practice owner that uses SEO, I actually outsource my own practices SEO to simplified most of the time. And, um, and uh, I think that that is a helpful piece and that we're always like, aspires are guinea pig whenever we want to try something new. But yeah, so we have the two, the two teams, the two practices, and uh, keeps me busy. I'll bet. Um, And I just want to mention, just in case anyone has been living under a rock and doesn't know, SEO stands for search engine optimization, right? Yes, absolutely. And it's any change that you make on your website, or there are things you can do off your website, like writing a guest blog post for somebody or having Google My Business. And so there's both things you can do on your website for SEO and things you can do off your website to improve your SEO. Um, it gets, it sounds a little complicated and intimidating at first, cause there's over 200 different things you could do to improve how well you show up when somebody Googles therapist near me. Um, but we like to try to simplify it and be like, okay, you don't have to work on all 200 of those. Here are the ones with therapist website that we found therapist websites that we found really, um, can give you a great boost in rankings in our field. Got it. Okay. So you're going to focus where there's the biggest, uh, impact. Yes. And then we All can right. pull out some of those other things if we need to, but. So might. today we were, we wanted to chat about, and we got a, we kind of got distracted <laughs> into a tangent, but we wanted to talk about, is SEO a good investment for a private practice? Um, so why don't we start with, like, what exactly is the difference between SEO and Google AdWords? 
So both are search engine marketing because both are, are impacting how you show up in search engines. The difference is Google AdWords is you pay a certain amount of money um, to show up in the top. So of search results where it says the little word ad next to it. Um, and then uh, search engine optimization is organic, um, organically showing up in the results. So you don't pay Google. Now you might pay someone to do your SEO, but you don't pay Google. We can't promise that you're going to show up at a certain ranking, but we want to influence Google so that it naturally puts you at the top of the search result. Um, sometimes it's showing up in that little map area at the top, the Google My Business area. Sometimes it's showing up right below that, um, or sometimes that little we call it a three pack doesn't even show up on the top of the page um but we want you to show up without having to pay google every single time that you show up and so that's the difference between search engine optimization versus google adwords okay so in theory with seo you might not actually have to pay for google ads at all is that am i hearing that correctly Yes, I've never paid for Google. Well, I won't say never. I tried Google AdWords. I was not successful at it because I didn't okay. outsource to really smart people with it. Um, so I gave up on it personally. But I've known people that have had great success with Google AdWords, but my practice does not pay for Google AdWords. Most of my SEO clients don't. We work with some, especially some larger practices that do pay for both. And then we have a lot of clients who don't regularly pay for Google AdWords. But if they want to like fill a brand new group, they might pay for Google AdWords for a short period of time because they need something that'll work fast. And Google AdWords works very fast. It just can add up over the long haul because you're paying each time. Um, and so we have some awesome people in the Google AdWords space that um, sometimes our clients are doing both, but we're more the long-term. And then when they have those short-term things that they need, they go with Google AdWords. Okay, so Google AdWords can work really quickly, but then it's kind of like a light switch, right? You turn it on, it's on, you turn it off, then it doesn't work. Whereas SEO is not, is not really the same at all, right? Yeah, no. I mean, that's the great thing is if you pay someone or you work on your own SEO for a while and you get ranking really well on Google and you stop doing anything, you should still rank really well for a while. Now, eventually you're going to kind of start to decrease either because you're not making changes to your site or because um, someone else is working on SEO. So you might want to do some maintenance. In fact, I generally suggest you do a few things to keep your SEO up once you're ranking really well. But um, it, typically the investment is much more front heavy. And then afterwards, it's a much smaller investment, some little things that you might be doing to just keep uh, keep it, the, stay at the top and keep monitoring it. So if you do start falling, you know, and you can come back and work um, a bit more intensely if you need to. Okay, so little things like blog posts or what else? Yeah, blogging regularly is really important. That shows Google that you have a unique new content that's fresh and related to things. Um, and then uh, we typically recommend putting updates on Google My Business if you have a physical office location a couple times a month. We recommend continuing to try to get new links to your website, whether that's there are a lot of different strategies, um, guest blogging, being on directories, all kinds of things. So we want you to keep doing that, getting more um, backlinks, they're called, and then um, and then monitoring your SEO so that you do know if it does decrease. Um, I think that that's really important. Once you're like, okay, it's great, it's good, 
I'm going to take my hands off. Um, I do think it's still important to have some way that you're monitoring it because I know it a couple times in my practice, because I do monitor my SEO, I would see my rankings going down. And that just kind of was a light bulb, like, oh, it's time to write a couple more blog posts on this topic because my trauma keywords are dropping a little bit. And so I was able to then correct that before I noticed any difference in the actual phone calls. And so that's why to me, it's really with SEO, like I'm all about the data and monitoring the data. And I do, that is one of the big things that even when you're ranking really well, I think at least glancing once in a while at that data, I recommend once a month to see, um, to make sure it's still doing great, just so you can spot problems before they become bigger issues. So where exactly do you look and see how you're doing with your SEO? The, um, we have a data dashboard that our alumni use, but there are a lot of different tools out there that you can pay for to do it. Um, mo uh, their keyword trackers on like the fancy tools like SEMrush. There's also ones on, um, I think Neil Patel has one. Um, to be honest, when I was starting out, I had an Excel spreadsheet that I had across the top, all the different keywords that I wanted to rank for. And then across the um, or then going down, I had the dates and once a month, I just got on and did an incognito search for each of those keywords and wrote on there where I was. It was very time consuming <laughs> and you can only track so many keywords, but there is a free way. A lot of things in SEO, there is a free way that you can do it to start out. But, um, but really okay. my recommendation is work on the SEO and whoever you're having help you, whether you're doing a DIY course to do it yourself or outsourcing to someone like us, um, have that conversation and say like, okay, how do I track this data? Um, you can also just look at Google search console and just see you know, how many searches you're showing up for. Um, it's a little bit different than tracking ranking data, but we look at that too. And so Google search console, they just have this nice graph that you can read and it's like, if it's still going up, you're doing good. If it starts going down, not as many people are doing less good. Going okay. Yeah. <laughs> Right. So who then, who, who does it make sense? Who should be investing in, in SEO? I think a lot of times where we see people investing are like their solo group practice and they, or their solo practice and they know they want to grow to a group practice. And that's a really, really common time for somebody to invest in SEO because maybe until now you've done a lot of networking and that's worked great, but everybody that's calling is calling for you as the practice owner. I know that's why I started wow. looking at SEO. And so when you, but when you, your website shows up high on Google, they call for your practice, not for you as the owner, because they found in my case, Aspire Counseling, not Jessica. And so then it was much easier to fill my group practice. But because SEO takes a long time, this is great. If you know you're on the six month to you know plan for opening a group practice, that's great. Go ahead and begin that process of optimizing your website now. Also group practice owners who are doing well, but want to do better and know that they want to expand and have a bigger impact often call us um, when people are looking at getting off insurance panels. That's a really common time that they call us because um, insurance tends to funnel a lot of people your way. And so you do have to do more marketing oftentimes as a private pay practice or even a less insurance reliant practice. And so that's another really common time that, um, that people might want to invest in their SEO. Okay, so at, having seen the, the back end, the accounting of lots of insurance practices and private pay practices, I can, I can tell you that for definitely private pay practices do tend to pay more in advertising SEO, right? There's just, there's more dollars coming in, but there's a bigger piece of that going to, to, to marketing. Um, so how would uh, a practice owner then 
look at the ROI? Like, what do you look at as far as an ROI when investing? Honestly, there are different ways to ultimately what you want are more calls, obviously, and more calls, not just any calls, but more of the right calls, the kind of calls that your practice has identified. These are our ideal clients. These are clients that are staying with us for a while after they convert. That's really the long-term picture. In the meantime, there are a few different factors that I look at. The first thing I want to see is that your rankings are increasing. So we'll do keyword research or you'll do keyword research and say like, hey, these are the keywords did I think somebody is typing into Google? So for example, one might be um, EMDR near me, might be something someone types in when they're, when they've been told like by their friend, Hey, you should do that EMDR thing. Um, So those keywords, once you've identified them, you want to see that you start going from maybe being on the, showing up on the 10th page to showing up on the first page of Google. Then, um, then, so rankings improving is the first the first uh, piece of data that we want to see. The next one is that we want to see actually more people clicking on your website from Google. So they don't just, you don't just show up, but they actually choose to click on your website. You have a good click-through rate. Then once they click on Google, we want to see that they're, or once they click on your website, we want to see that they're staying there. And so we look at some um, Google analytics data. We want to make sure it's not like they hop on the page and are like, oh, that's not what I thought it was about and leave your page. And then the last thing is the calls. And so what's interesting is a lot of times people will start investing in SEO and they start freaking out about month three because they've invested a pretty heavy chunk of change into this and they're not getting more phone calls yet. And so they start panicking and they're like, this isn't working. And we're like, well, we can tell it is working because your rankings are improving, but especially like right now, like people that are on month, like three during the holiday season, they're really going to, um, like, they're really going to be panicking because they may actually be getting less calls because fewer people are searching. Um, but within a couple months of those ranking of you showing up more often in search engines, you're going to hopefully have more calls. If not, then we need to change tactics because the wrong keywords were targeted. In other words, like what you thought people were searching for, not what your ideal people are searching for. But generally, um, about the time somebody freaks out, oh my goodness, I've spent this money and it's not working, is right about the time that they'll finally start getting those phone calls. Um, okay, so you can tell, you basically know like at month three, you're going to freak out and then it will, then it will get better. I mean, they're generalities because everything depends so much on somebody's market. But yeah, we certainly know like um, somebody doing this level of work in this market, it's, uh, you know, typically in this niche, we typically see about so long before we start to see results. And often the recommendations that we're making about how much we work on your page, we're thinking we're, our goal is that it around by month four, you're getting um, phone calls, but still it's not a huge return on investment sometimes yet at month four, but at least, you know, when somebody says, okay, I've been getting a few calls, we're like, yes, we're on the right track. And we know that more will be coming after that. And, and how do, how does like the admin team, for example, track that? Is it just that they, when they ask, how did you find us? They say, oh, I found you on Google and that wasn't happening before. What's, what's the, the trigger there? Yeah, so that final piece of data, are people calling? You can look at a few different things. If you've changed nothing else, of course, you could just look at the number of phone calls or emails. Um, but in most cases, you're also, you know, networking a little bit or whatever. And so for that reason, we do recommend that you ask your clients where they heard about you. It can be really interesting, um, really interesting information. We have um, at my private practice on our contact form, it asks where they heard about us. And um, also when they call, uh, my VA team knows that they're going to have to ask. 
uh, what the, where they heard about us and put it down as long as they can. Sometimes the calls are so fast because it's not a great fit that they hang up very, you know, before we get to that point. Sure. Um, and that's fine, but definitely the people that actually become clients, I want to know where they came from. So that I'm making sure I'm investing my own energy as a practice owner in the right place. Okay. And so, so you're tracking kind of number of calls coming in. Where did they come from? Do you see different conversion rates as far as a caller to a client between insurance practices and private pay? Oh yeah, definitely insurance um, based practices seem to have higher conversion rates and that seems kind of across the board from what I've seen. Um, But, uh, but yeah, that, that just seems pretty common that if you're insurance based, um, they're going to call and say, uh, do you accept my insurance? Yes. Okay. You're pretty much in with a private pay practice. A lot of times, um, even though we make it very clear on our website that we're totally private pay, people will still call and, um, ask if we accept insurance. And so at that time, my VA team is really trained to talk about the benefits of going with an out of network practice. Although of course, if somebody truly can't afford it, we want to give them referrals, but they do have that, um, that training to try to convert somebody. And, um, and yeah, even though it says on my website, we don't accept insurance, we still get the calls. You still, yeah, you still get the calls. Not everyone reads the, reads the website, right? And people Um, want us to fix that with SEO. And I'm like, I'm sorry, you're going to get more calls. And when SEO is working, you get more calls. And some of those will be looking for insurance. And there's, um, we've done what we can to, to, not have that happen, but you still will get calls for people that are looking for insurance. Sure. It's hard to make people read, but it's also hard to, people aren't searching for insurance only uh, mental health, right? Like they're not searching for those keywords. Um, so is there anyone who really should not be caring about their SEO or, or investing? I think sometimes if you, if you live in a more competitive market, let's say you live in Manhattan, you live in um, Denver and you are, um, and you are brand new and your website went live yesterday, it might not be time to, to work on SEO yet because um, you're going to have to invest so much in a competitive market to get ranking well, that it may not be worth that, you know, that investment yet, because you'd maybe have to take out a loan and then it still would take six months. That may not make sense if you're brand new. Now we do have people who open a brand new practice and are willing, you know, and have the finances and have planned to spend a great deal on marketing up front. And that's great. But if that's not you, um, it can be really, we, it can be really hard to compete with people that are spending tons of money and have had really well-established practices when you're brand new. Again, not to say it's not been done, it's not possible, but just thinking about, you know, for you, does that make sense? Especially, like I said, if you're brand new, solo practice, um, that sort of thing. Okay. And we, we kind of talked a little bit before we started recording about like how much, how much does it sometimes make sense to spend, right? Um, and, and we see varying uh, or does it go? Did it make sense to go into debt, for example, for SEO? Um, and we see all kinds of different startup budgets. And and my this is my personal belief, not necessarily like an accounting rule, but I just think in private practice it's so inexpensive to start a business. I don't see a reason to go into debt in order to to market. I think going at the speed of cash makes a lot of sense. So if you're starting kind of with a bootstrap budget, then you bootstrap the whole thing. And if you, you're starting with 
a big budget and you want to move things faster, then you can do that. But I don't think it makes sense to, to go into debt just for that. What What's your take on it, Jessica? Agree 110%. Um, I actually did take out a loan to start my practice. I know I'm one of the few people that did. It was a small loan, um, but I didn't use it on marketing. I used it on like furniture, that sort of thing. Uh, when I first started and had like, I, I'm very risk averse. So it actually was really well thought out, but I don't recommend usually that people do it for SEO um, because, um, because it is a longer term thing. It's not going to tomorrow get you calls and it's also not guaranteed. We can't control Google. And so while the vast majority of our clients have really good success, especially those that stick with us um, kind of uh, until we get them ranking well. Um, but if you are going into debt, first of all, one thing is you're going to be so stressed that it's going to be harder to be That's really true. effective in a lot of these things. Um, and so I'm really big on, I taught myself this. I don't think there's anything magical about SEO. People will tell you, you can't learn it. You can, if you got through a master's degree program, you can. Um, <laughs> and so I really did the DIY route. Um, now I've hired people a lot smarter than me, but you know, I can't, I couldn't figure out how to like work my remote at home when I was figuring out SEO. So it's possible if you don't get overwhelmed and you start with little things. And so that's why we try to offer everything from little DIY courses that we've had people do our DIY courses when they're brand new and make a few changes and start setting some of that foundation. And then when they get bigger, then they come back and actually pay for our done for you services um, to get it really, you know, to do some really in-depth work and get them ranking really well. Um, so a lot of times that those are the conversations we're having with people are, you know, what are your expectations? Are those realistic given your stage of practice, how long you've owned your website, um, in your budget? And I, you know, I don't want people to pay for, um, a package that is so, that's not going to be effective in their market because the, why invest, you know, $200 a month, when that won't actually get you much. Um, and when you could wait and do SEO six months or a year from now, when you could actually invest the amount that it's going to take to get ranking in your more competitive market. And again, my suggestions are very different for someone in rural Illinois versus someone in LA, but um, in general. Okay, so location does make a big difference. But what I'm hearing is like, if you're in a competitive market and you don't have the money to, to go all in, then it doesn't really make sense. To, to do it? I, I don't think so. No. Um, yeah. If you are in a really competitive market, you're like, I could only afford $200 a month. Um, and only for three months, you know, that that's like my budget for the year because I'm brand new, then I might be like, use that to either do some quick Google AdWords. That that's the other time when it doesn't make a lot of sense is if someone's just trying to fill groups that change very frequently. Mm. Um, like an evergreen group is one thing, like maybe your DBT group that's uh, that lets people in fairly frequently. Um, but if you need a brand new grief support group that you know, you're just offering one time filled two weeks from now, again, SEO is not gonna be your way to go. You really wanna look at Google AdWords for that kind of immediate quick one-time influx just the of one calls. time. Okay. So if someone is thinking about hiring a company or some help with SEO, what are some questions that they should ask? Uh, definitely what experience they have with their niche, what experience they have with that location. Um, it's a double-edged sword. You don't want someone that's like, yeah, I've worked with every single one of your competitors, but <laughs> you do want someone who kind of knows enough to be like, um, to have some idea of how competitive it is and give you an accurate estimate of what that's, what that cost is going to be. Um, 
someone who has a plan for how they're going to track progress. They're not just going to do a few things and hope it works, but they'll, like I said, have that plan for, I'm going to look at this and then this and then this. And also, um, I think a really important question to ask is if there's anything they would recommend you do to your website before investing in SEO, because a lot of times you're what you think I'm going to invest in SEO and your website isn't ready. And so you want somebody that will tell you if that's the case and that may have suggestions for what you should do before even investing in SEO. Um, yeah. Interesting. Okay. So what are some, some of the kinds of things that make your website not ready? Um, being, uh, not having nearly enough content, like having one page, oh, okay. that's like the individual therapy page that lists every single service ever known to man, having a website that you're not proud of, that doesn't look that well. And you're like, well, it's okay. Like, I just want to get it seen by people, but they, they're not actually super proud of it because that person's going to redesign by the way, in six months to a year. And then they've invested all this SEO and they're going to have to not totally start over, but um, but it's, it's going to hurt their SEO. So if there's any hint that somebody doesn't love their website, I'm like, no, go change your website first. Um, some platforms are much harder to work with. Uh, our favorites are WordPress or square. And so if somebody is like on, um, a Weebly or the GoDaddy builder, not the, ho not hosting, but their little website builder, things like that. I want them to think really seriously about before they invest in SEO, because those platforms may be harder to get a website ranking. Um, mm. So again, I'm like, I'm going to get you to a certain point. And then in six months, you're going to want to redesign again. So go do that before you come back, uh, before it. you invest in SEO, things like that. Before, before that. Okay. That's super helpful. All right. I want to ask you something a little more precise. Um, I did a, in just a previous uh, podcast episode, I did a coaching call with someone who's thinking about adding a second location kind of across the state or a couple of cities over. Um, so that's going to mean like a, a completely new location, new clinicians, all of that. How soon, and like, what do you do with SEO? Get, can it tell me all the things? Like, where would you, where would you even start with that? I generally recommend starting with um, one location. So for instance, the primary location that they've had for a while and making sure you have great SEO stored up there. Once Google trusts you in that location, it's gonna be easier to add another location. So then if I'm gonna now have two offices, I'll probably add another page that markets that second office in that new location um, with like detailed instructions about how to get to that new office. Um, what kind of services the therapists that might, that they might see at that office are that sort of thing. Um, then pretty quickly, as soon as you sign a lease in a new place, if you're getting a physical office location there, um, get a Google, my business listing for that location. Um, so Google knows that you are there and then, um, and then there's a whole, there's a lot of on-page optimization that can happen. Um, one thing that I've had people do is like, okay, I know I'm going to open up an office in this place. I'm not opening it yet. And they'll start writing blog posts that mention that particular location. Um, for instance, a 10 great date nights in such and such town, if they're a couples therapist, um, because that way they're starting to show Google that they're relevant. So by the time they're actually ready to open the, the location there, there's already content on their website that mentions that second location. They create a locations page. They do the Google My Business listing and it will be a faster process to get Google to see that they're relevant over there because than it was to get ranking in the original location. So that's super interesting. So how soon before actually opening the location? Like, would you start that? 
Um, I mean, you don't want to start too soon and have all these references to a location that you don't actually do. So I have had people that as much as two months before will put up a location page that won't say the details, but will say like, we're looking for an office location and anticipate in such and such month opening there, just so that that is on um, their website for a little while. And if they get calls, they put them you know, on a wait list for that new location that's going to open. Um, but a couple of months at least is nice um, because it does, it is going to take a couple of, even if your SEO is really, really good in this location in the location two hours away isn't a super competitive market, it will still take a couple of months. And that's one of those things. If you're like, I'm going to need in the new location, a bunch of calls right away. That's a, one of those places where the AdWords and SEO might make sense to both do where you're like, okay, for the first three months, we have the new location. We're going to do AdWords while working on our SEO because we know SEO is going to take a few months. And these new clinicians I just hired for this new office that's all these new expenses with it. We need AdWords to get us ranking really quickly while we build up the SEO. And so that's, that is another one of those times where it's like, it's going to take you a few months um, most of the time. But, um, but there are things you can do in the meantime to market otherwise. Okay. So that's one of the cases where you could do both. But like, as soon as you have a lease signed, for example, like if you're doing a build out, that's a couple months, like then you can, you can start right away. Yep. I would. Yeah. If, okay. if you've signed a lease, they're working on a build out now, now's the time to start working on your SEO for that new okay. location for sure. All right. I'm going to put you on the spot. I ask all of my guests, what is your favorite business book and why? Profit first. I know you've probably heard this one before, but, <laughs> just but a few it, times, but, but it was, it was life-changing. Um, and then other, other than that, um, story brand with Don Miller, probably. Oh, okay. Part, yeah. That's, yeah. I, I think I have both of them probably behind me somewhere yeah. uh, on that bookshelf. Story awesome. brand, there are one or two things that I, that, that I tweak. Um, but I really, really like story brand too, especially it applies very well to websites. That's yeah, that's very true. That's a really good point. Well, Jessica, thanks for coming on today. It was great to chat with you. If um, anyone is interested in finding out more about Simplified SEO, where can they go find you and your business? Absolutely. Our website is simplifiedseoconsulting.com or um, they're welcome to email me directly at jessica at simplifiedseoconsulting.com. I get enough emails. It might take me a day or two, but I love answering people's questions. And so just send me a send me a question. I'll respond with too long of an answer, but it may take me at least. <laughs> too long of an answer. That, that always, that's a per perfectly appropriate uh, response. Okay. And we'll, we'll link to those, um, to your website and your email in the show notes as well. Fabulous. Thank you so right. much. For Thanks for coming on. If you're looking for accounting help, head over to therapyforyourmoney.com slash accounting to find information about my accounting firm and all of our specialized services just for private practice owners. If you enjoyed today's episode, we'd love for you to give us a five-star rating on iTunes. Just head over to iTunes, click on ratings and reviews, and give us a quick shout out. We really appreciate it. The information contained in this podcast represents the host and guest's general opinions and should not be construed as personalized accounting and tax advice. Listeners should consider all facts and circumstances before applying this information and seek appropriate advice from an accountant, financial planner, lawyer, or other professional. Any info provided does not constitute accounting, tax, or legal advice.